The Bible Study Podcast, episode 109. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Luke with Luke chapter 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As we look at Luke 5, we're still early in Jesus' ministry, and we get the calling of the first disciples. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. This is one of the great stories in terms of the calling of the disciples because we get a number of different things here. We get Peter and his brother Andrew, who isn't mentioned, I believe, in this version of the story, and then James and John, who are out fishing all night and they haven't caught anything. So they're discouraged, they're minding their own business, they're going about their daily life, they're mending their nets, they're getting ready for the next day's catch. When this Jesus, who they probably heard of by this point, he's very well known in the region, the region of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret, and so he comes and borrows their boat, basically, and has them pull out. So now they're not mending their nets, they're listening to Jesus, probably. They're listening to him teach. Maybe they're mending their nets at the same time. And he finishes teaching and he says, okay, let's go fishing. Well, it's the wrong time of the day to go fishing. They've already gone out at the right time, which is in the darkness, and caught nothing. And it's just silly to go out now and let down the nets because the fish can see the net in the daytime, which they can't at night. And Peter tells him, basically, Lord, we've been out all night fishing. We haven't caught anything, but... Because you say so, we will do it. This may be one of the reasons why Jesus calls Peter. There is an element in Peter of trust that I don't think this makes any sense. Is basically what he's saying. But if you tell me to, I will do it. And they let down their nets and they get this huge catch, so much so that they're going to sink the boat. They call James and John who row out. And now they've got so much fish in both boats, they're almost going to sink. They pull it to the shore. Peter realizes that he is standing in front of someone who is not just a good teacher and says, get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. Instead, Jesus recommissions Peter and Andrew and James and John and says, from now on, you'll catch men. And they take this wonderful day they just had, this best day they've had fishing, and they leave it behind. They leave the fish on the shore, they leave the boats, they leave the nets, and they walk away and they follow Jesus. 
because they recognize that the best day fishing, and this sounds like a bumper sticker, is not as good as the worst day being a disciple of Jesus. And so they follow him. And Luke 5 goes on, When Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of the people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So a man with faith and a man with leprosy, the same man, came to Jesus and basically said, I know that if you want me to be clean, I will be clean. And Jesus reaches out and touches him, which he is not supposed to do. You are not supposed to touch someone with leprosy. They are not just unclean, but potentially contagious, as far as we understand at the time. And so he touches the man who has been untouchable for however long he has had this disease. And he tells him, don't go spreading the news. Now, we don't know if it's just because first he needs to go to the priest or if it's because Jesus won't be able to just teach if everybody is coming around to be healed if they hear of this man's healing. But he tells him, don't. Go to the priests and do what is required. And the law requires that if you do, if you are cured from this skin disease, which may not have been leprosy is why there is a provision in the law for this, then you show yourself to the priest, show that that rash or whatever you had has gone away and you can be restored into community. You can become touchable again and perform the sacrifice that's necessary. And yet word gets out about this guy. I think one of the other gospels says that he went around telling people that he had been healed by Jesus. So that's why word would get around and crowds come to him with their sick. And the interesting here, we saw this in the last chapter, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus, when he needs to be restored, Jesus, when he is tired, Jesus, after a hard day of healing and teaching, goes away and prays. And that is something that we should take note of uh, for our own daily lives. And Luke 5 continues with one of my favorite biblical stories. One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came in a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus." When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins... He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. 
One of the things I like about this is, I think one of the other Gospels talks about four friends, but basically this guy has some good friends because they pick him up when he can't come to Jesus and they carry him to Jesus and they find the way blocked. He's in a house and it's overflowing and they can't get their friend in. And they know that if they can just get their friend to Jesus, that Jesus will take care of it. So not deterred, they go up on the roof, dismantle the roof, a flat roof. They take off the tiles and the branches and the mud and whatever, and they create a hole. Probably the poor homeowner is sitting there in the front row watching as he suddenly has a skylight, and then suddenly someone is being lowered down, and right at the feet of Jesus, probably right at his feet if he's sitting in the front row with a good seat, is this man he might recognize as a beggar, someone who is a paralytic. And Jesus looks at the man and says, your sins are forgiven. And the four friends on the roof say, say what? And the people who were in the front row say, did he just say what I think he said? How dare he say that? Only God can say that. And Jesus says, which is easier? To say, take up your pallet and walk, or to say your sins are forgiven? Well, both are obviously just as easy to say, but one is really easy to tell when something has happened. Forgiveness of sins is an internal thing, and you can't tell necessarily when someone's sins have been forgiven, but you can tell when they are cured of being a paralytic. And so he cures this man to show that he has the power to do it, to imply that he also has the power to forgive sins. And I think about this man and his friends, and I wonder who I am called to be that kind of friend to. Someone who will not let obstacles get between my friend who needs Jesus and Jesus. And the chapter continues. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance." And we've talked about it before, but one thing we need to understand is a tax collector is somebody who works for an occupying foreign power. They are a quisling, they are a traitor. They have bought the right to collect taxes, and they gouge their neighbors, their countrymen, for whatever they can get, because whatever they can get on top of what they owe Rome is theirs to keep. And so they are not well-liked in town, as you can imagine. So Levi's only friends are other tax collectors and sinners, people who are notorious for their sin. And Jesus is associating with these people. How can Jesus associate with people like that? Well, Jesus isn't getting any dirtier. Jesus isn't letting it rub off on him. Jesus is bringing healing there. Jesus is calling Levi to come follow him. Too often when I look at the church these days, I see us playing the part of the Pharisee and not the part of Jesus. We're too 
worried about who we're associated with. We're too worried about being around that kind of people. Jesus always hung around with that kind of person. Jesus did not bring condemnation, but healing. Jesus did not bring judgment, but forgiveness. And we are called to do the same. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, go to thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Do you want to better understand the Bible and get biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.